Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, we are back with a guest with a story this week. Uh, we're working out how we're going to work these the scheduling because we're trying to do more of these debriefs like we did last week. Plus, we had our uh, uh, beginning of the new year after our, our break where we answered emails. So uh, we are back this week with a guest. As, as you guys know, these are some of my favorite episodes. I still love to hear all the stories and, and chat about this stuff because I always feel like I learn something new every time. So, uh, Chuck, you've got somebody scheduled, and they're with us today. Who do we have? Yeah, we've got uh, Robbie over here. Um, and he uh, reached out after listening, I guess, to one of the episodes and wanted to come on the show. And he had uh, uh, <laughs> um, a story that actually made me laugh pretty much out loud. Um, and that's kind of hard to do. And I was like, after I saw that, I was like, no, de- definitely. Because he came on and he was like, hey, like, I don't really know the format. I was like, just tell me who you are and what you got to, what you got to share. And then I guess I didn't come back and check. So maybe he thought I wasn't interested in the first story. And then he came up with the second story and put it out there. <laughs> and I fucking started laughing. And I was like, no, that's kind of funny. Um, and I, I think that uh, we should share that. And I, I think we should start with that because it's it's hilarious. Um, we'll just and, do it all, man. Yeah. So how are you, Robbie? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing good, well. Good. We're doing well. And uh, so we always want to start um, if for longtime listeners of the show. know we always want to get your background and kind of. Uh, how you got into it and uh, how long you've been doing the job and uh, tell us as much as you can about uh, where you work and, and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah. So I'm a paramedic in Southern Kentucky, uh, probably about mm, 40 minutes South of Louisville, give or take. We're one of the fourth busiest counties in the state. Uh, I've been doing it for about five years now. Once it's all said and done, I've only been a medic for about a year. So uh, you, you, how did you end up becoming a medic? How what what made you choose? Because obviously a paramedic is is uh, we've talked about this. The listeners will know there's a difference between an EMT and a paramedic. You know, there's a, a level of skill and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, how did you end up deciding this is what you wanted to do? Oh uh, well, high school it was always you know I want to do something medical. Want to do something medical. Tried nursing out. Nursing wasn't really my thing. Went oh, got my dude. EMT oh. license with one of my good buddies. And then I actually ended up applying for a department up in Louisville, worked up there for a year, got to meet some amazing people and providers. And the more I was with them and seeing how great they were, the more it wanted me to continue doing what I do more or less and go to the next level, which obviously the highest we can get unless you go back to school for other things is paramedic. Funny thing uh, you say that is that you when in high school you knew you wanted to do medical stuff. I was the same way. I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to do paramedic, EMT, paramedic, and then go the nurse route because I knew how much nurses made because I had nurses in my family. And I was like, dude, they can pull 150000 a year. Money. That's what I want to do. And so I did that. And then kids made fun of me and stuff like that. So I had to fight a lot. But it was funny. And I think that's I just I've never heard anyone else say like when I was in high school, I wanted to be a nurse. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Did you get made fun of a lot? Uh, so actually not because my the high school I went to, it had a vocational school that kind of subdivided off and oh, in the vocational, so the vocational school, section. Yeah. It, uh, That's in the vocational so rad. School up in Ohio that I went to, you could walk out of high school with your LPN 
So, no wow. way. Oh, yeah. Once you turned 18, you oh, would take man. your NCLEX, you would get your LPN, and then pretty much it set up the next four years of life, whether it was jump straight into nursing, home nursing, or go into like college to get your RN, BSN, and so on. Wow. That that, see, that's so cool. This is what's missing is trades. Like you come out of high school and you know how to weld and you know how to be. A you already have a fucking like, trade. You, like, ugh, so stupid. You can jump we... straight into the workforce at that point oh, yeah. and you get all that experience that is so invaluable. And yet yep. they put so much emphasis, not so much anymore, but still, there's still a lot of emphasis on you need to have a bachelor's degree to get this job. Okay. Well, what's do, what kind of degree are you looking for? We don't give a fuck. We just want you to have a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Right. That's the, the only re- reason the why they say part. that is because they know that you could show up somewhere for four fucking years come to school to get uh, with good grades or to get okay grades, but at least you showed up every fucking day to get a degree. And that's the only thing that is good for, because they don't give a shit on what it's there for. They don't care what you got your degree in. They just want to know that you showed up somewhere for four fucking years. Yeah. Underwater basket. Feel better. <laughs> they feel better about hiring someone that, that would show actually show up to work because they, they made a commitment to show up for school. And I, I get that, but they should put a little bit more emphasis on hiring people with fucking trades yeah. or allowing it to be the same kind of How thing. How about you know? be a little more skilled in your hiring process and being able to vet candidates and interview them properly. And that way you don't just be like, oh, this guy went to college for four years. He must be, you know, re- no. Do you know how many idiots I know graduate college? Because that's because they're it's a joke. Interviews have no real world experience no, exactly. in interviewing. So I mean, having so you, forbid, we have any gatekeepers. Oh God, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So, so you knew early on, and it was. I am totally understand why nursing wouldn't be, for, uh, nursing would not be for me. I can't, like, I cannot oh, after care that done. much for morons. Nope. I nope. can't. Like, I've seen them fuck people up though. Yeah, that's they true. have a lot of protections. That's, I've the seen powers that nurses have. Yeah, the powers that nurses and doctors have is is. Yeah. I've seen it. So you, dude, I've seen a doctor put in an IO with an asshole suspect and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's entertaining to say the least. Yep, <laughs> that's what I told. I told. I've told that story before. I I said to a seventeen year old, like, you better be nice to this nurse because she can do things to you I could only dream of. So, <laughs> and she did, and they weren't nice, and they were really, really, really uh, fast Graphic. and. Uh, graphic and rough so so you've been a medic now for about a year and are you um is it private or is it public uh so it's actually in the part that i'm in a lot of ems is separated from fire so it's a government entity all on its own we have our own department um we actually have more volunteer fire around us than we do paid fire so like we're the only department ems wise in our county okay so So it's it's to get to get a paid gig it's easier to go the ems route for a paid gig than it would be necessary and which makes sense there's a lot more for this is why fire we've talked about this, this is why firefighters got into the ems gig to begin with is because there's a whole lot more grandmas that fall and break their hip and a whole lot more strokes and and lacerations and all that shit than there are fires fires are you know unless you're in a big city with you know a lot of problems fires are relatively rare even then, it's still kind of not a commonality, you know, like they happen more yeah. frequent than other places, but still your medicals are yeah, 90% medicals are of what you do. Yep. Yep. So that was smart for you then to go medical, especially in the area where you're at, where you are at, because you could always be a, you know, full-time medic and then still go be a volunteer firefighter if you really wanted oh, yeah. to. And honestly, there's just something about being cooked alive that just doesn't 
doesn't vibe well with me. <laughs> oh, dude, let me tell you, bro. After being burned, after yeah. being burned and mm-hmm. having to spend like multiple surgeries and like a month at least in the in the burn center, it ain't fucking fun, dude. That shit sucks. I've said it many, many times. Fire is magic, and I can't shoot magic. Not mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Nah, get it away from me. Yep. And that in heights. Mm. <laughs> so uh, you you've done the job. How how does it measure up? Like how does it stack up to your expectations? Um. So I actually came from another state before I moved down here. And at the other state, it's it seemed like it would it would be cool. It had opportunities, but it, it seemed kind of just kind of more washed out than anything. Now, in Kentucky wise, it at least the department that I work for, it's a blast. I mean, it, I can't be more happy with what I do. OK, that's good. Nice. And, and especially if, if you're you know working for a, a county agency, it sounds like a county agency, right? Yeah, you said. Yeah. And and you're you're getting paid to to work the EMS bus, man. I mean, if that's what you that's what you've been wanting to do, it sounds like you landed right where you needed to be. Oh yeah, it's a blast. I mean, it's we went from having four trucks last year around this time, if not three on some days for a county that had over a hundred thousand people and it was miserable. But I mean, now we have a fully staffed service and I'm pacing nice. because we don't get enough runs anymore. <laughs> wow so you went from fucking this shit sucks we need more fucking cars buses whatever you want to call it to man i'm bored i wanted to yeah, go back much. to the old way yeah like it went from everywhere i've worked it's always been a, a very high high frequency service with high acuity runs and then now it's like everything's mild out for the most part you know what you guys should do is that not too many people know first aid you guys should spend your downtime going places and teaching people basic first aid and how to plan a tourniquet. So we we actually have like a lot of PR stuff at schools, but unfortunately, if you're on shift duty that day, because we work 24s, you can't really do the PR stuff because you're expected uh, to act. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, so you, you work 24. Do you get to string them together or is it just straight 24 on, two off, or how does that? Yeah, it's a twenty four forty eight. You get there, clock in at eight a.m. Clock out the next morning, hopefully around eight a.m. <laughs> right, and That's have the two off. Word there. <laughs> so yeah. one on two off, one on two off, one on two off for then an inevitable future. Yeah, pretty much. Unless you Man. pick up a forty eight thirty six or kind of whatever happens. I was gonna say I'd like to string together a forty eight and then take four days off or five days off. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure it gets pretty. Let's put this. I've never been paid to sleep. I'm just curious what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so this time last year, I couldn't tell you that. But honestly, these past couple weeks, it's it's been odd. Like I'll wake up the ghost tones, and I have to double check my phone, check the radio, make sure nothing's turned off, dead, or I missed any calls. It's that's the same. Too quiet. That's the same feeling I would get when I would pass out at work, and my partner would pass out, and I'd wake (laughs) up and be like, "Oh fuck." Dude, it's dead quiet, and we're both asleep. Yeah. Oh, fuck! Let me check my let me check my computer. The computer's like asleep, and I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, ah, uh, well, no one's come out to hit my car because they would always be in the station. Don't freak out, people. I don't sleep in public, okay? Yeah. Unless I'm driving and I fall asleep at the red light. <laughs> That's happened a couple times, but um, no, it'd be funny, and I'd have to do the same thing and then check because because you just like let me just take a fucking nap. And the next thing you know, you wake up an hour and a half later, and you're like, oh, oh shit, what happened? Well, and like, we'll go spams. Like me and my partner last year, 
the most amount of sleep we got one shift was 15 minutes. Oh, shit. Uh, wow. That's in 24 lot. hours. That I mean, that's not oh, a lot. Yeah. Wow. 15 minutes in 24 hours is what we were able to consecutively get after we actually laid down. And because she has like one of the Garmin smartwatches. So, of course, it checks all that. And then like earlier this week, me and her walked out of the rooms and looked at each other. And it's 12 hours later and we've not moved. Oh, shit. Damn, you got a full 12, bro? You got to sleep in? <laughs> God. Nice. I mean, yeah. it's going to change. The pendulum always swings. So just enjoy it while you've got it because, you know, I'm sure right I now. I get it's- why firefighters with with kids work a lot of overtime and why they have a bunch of boats and shit. Absolutely. Right? Uh, well, we always say firefighting is their other job. <laughs> so. So many of them are contractors. Yeah. They build decks, furniture, carpentry, <laughs> carpentry. Well, well no, they I, just don't I, want to, they get to sleep and they don't want to spend time with their family because they want to well, do the creating baby and they get to actually get 12 hours of sleep instead of the. Yeah. Yeah. They go to the station. And be, oh, no, honey, I got to work. Sorry. They go watch. <laughs> it was a horrible night. We, we, ha- we ran all night. Tired. Yeah. Just sitting lazy boy, watch movies on the big screen, <laughs> eat, re- eat spaghetti and root beer floats. And people um, are going to be like, oh, you guys are being fucking lazy boys. Yeah, dude. They have lazy literally boys. like recliners in the, from in the, the fucking store lazy boy. oh yeah and then not only that like they have the the memory foam mattresses you know yeah. you gotta gotta be able to lay your head somewhere nice yeah 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 so but hey again i don't want to run into a burning building so yeah no all, that's all them that's i will happily sit in my ambulance for 12 hours 24 hours and smile as they're in the fire well, Chuck knows I like to hear this stuff fresh. So he has not, he told me it's good. He told me your stories are good, but he, he, he has not told me what they are. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. So uh, start with that second one with the chick. Okay. So honestly, that might end up being just the main one for the fact of it, it spans more than just that one area. Did you go? So with I last year was getting my, or about a year and a half ago now was getting my paramedic. And part of that is you have to do like 500 hours on an ambulance and thankfully due to COVID they let us ride on shift with our partner if they were a medic and that you got to count all your contacts and my ride time was an absolute crap show there's no way to put it like I got to do every single skill that a medic can do except for cut somebody's throat open and insert an airway I mean we we work nonstop, and uh well one of the days we get on shift our truck's messed up so we go to the main station and our assistant director pulls us out of the truck and he's like, look, y'all, you're going to be out of the truck for a little bit out of service, you know, just hang out. If a good run comes out, you want to take it since you're doing a ride time, have at it. Excuse me. So of course we're sitting there and all we hear is like a major MVA come out. And whenever a major MVA comes out, like you hear the station's for tones, you civilians, that's motor vehicle accident. Yeah. It's, <laughs> We hear the station tones, we hear volunteer fires tones, we hear our supervisor's tones, and then we hear our director actually go ahead and go in service before they can even start talking on the radio. So as soon as we hear that, I looked at my partner, I was like, dude, let's just jump on a truck. You know, I, there was another truck at the station. We hopped in the back with them. So we're rolling four deep to the call on top of they've rolled a second ambulance. Uh and the best way to describe the county is like, I would say it's about half city, partial inner city, and then the other half is just completely rural. Like, I mean, it's no man's land in some parts. Uh, and of course, this wreck is like on the complete opposite end of the county, right before you get to the county line. And it's 
there's nothing but a two lane road, a ravine on one side, and then there's a ah, what was it? I want to say it's like a I uh I'm losing the word, but more or less for like they make gravel. Like it's like one of those plants. Quar a rock quarry? Yeah, there you are, rock quarry. Okay. Yeah. And so would you categorize this as being out in the boonies or out in the sticks? <laughs> uh, so, man, it's a hard one. Maybe down in the holler. I, All right. I don't necessarily know. It. Uh, so, of course, the tones go off. And then our dispatch gives us, you know, they turn out, I think it was our, our squad four or squad six. And then they turned out another truck, which might have been squad one, something like that along those lines. And they're like, we need you to respond for an MVA with major entrapment, uh, unresponsive patient. So we're like, all right, cool. You know, it, this is the first run of the day. That's how we start it. I'm all about it. That means get the adrenaline, get the adrenaline dump going early. Have at it. Um, so they tone the two of us out. Well, then they tone out our supervisor and our director is already in service headed that way. So they give you the bland you know, what you're going to when they first dispatch. Well, once you go in service, they start talking about a two-vehicle MVA, one vehicle's facing downward in a ravine. You have two unresponsive patients, and it was a head-on collision. Oof, they're never fun. Oh, yeah, pretty much. So, like, as soon as we hop in the truck and start rolling, we're like, oh, yeah, this is, it's going to be a good day. <clears throat> hey, can I pause and, you for one second? Absolutely. Tom, remember on Locker Room when I was looking for that joke? Uh-huh. I thought I had read a joke uh -huh. that had this info in it. Uh-huh. But in fact, I was remembering and recalling the, his story. Oh. There was, in fact, no joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now I'm, story. So now just, I'm really just excited to, to hear it. it. Okay, that so listeners who listen to Locker Room, listeners, this yeah. story <laughs> is about is the joke the truck was trying to find. Okay. Exactly. So, <laughs> okay. All right, Rob, you go for it. I'm all right. Sorry. So we're going to cut you off. No, nah, it's all good. I want to say the call ends up being <coughs> it can take 15 to 20 minutes from our station. And on the way out there, you hear all the fire services go or all fire go in service. We have like two volunteer departments headed that way. Our sheriff's office is already on scene. And we get about, I'd say, five minutes out and we get an update from our dispatch. They're like, Hey, one of the SO officers just applied a tourniquet. And all of our SO officers have been trained in like the whole stop the bleed. And one of our medics is actually their trainer. So typically whenever they're applying something, they have a damn good reason for it. They're not doing it for the shits and giggle aspect or, Hey, that looks like a lot of blood. I mean, like they're seeing spurting blood come out of this guy's arm. Right. right. You trust them. And mm -hmm. I mean, our, of course, pedals are to the floor. I think our trucks top out at 86. So you have two ambulances rolling out 86 miles an hour, code three. Our supervisor's rolling who knows how fast. Um, so we get out there, and me and my actual partner, me and him were in the first truck with the two females. Well, when we hop out of the truck, all we look down, and we see SO pointing down this 45-degree angle ravine that leads into a uh, – like like kind of like a water wash off like a culvert ditch yeah yeah that's yeah. that's about the best way to put it and the car's about halfway down this area and i talked to the so i was like hey what's going on man he's like well these two guys you know they were on their way back 
from dialysis actually. And they thought it would be a good idea to inject heroin through the dialysis ports. Oh dear Lord. <laughs> oh yeah. It, only winners. Um, so of course they're down there and the other car, thankfully didn't actually collide with them. They were, they swerved over to the wrong side of the road and the car honked and flashed the lights and they ended up just pulling hard right and went straight down the ravine. So they actually didn't hit nobody. Okay. Um, so they're just, they're off in a ditch, but they're not, there was no collision for them. Yeah. Okay. And they had actually wrapped the passenger side of their car ended up being pinned completely against the tree, but it's facing like at a 90 degree angle directly down the hill. Okay. Uh, fires there. So fires cutting the top of the car off because the car is crushed to where you can't even get in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to the passenger. He's kind of with it. He's kind of not. He's the, the hamster's in his head. It's just not running on the wheel the right way. Like he's just <laughs> right. confused Al- as all get out. Altered level of consciousness. Oh, yeah. And then the driver is actually completely unresponsive. I sternum rubbed him. Our sheriff's office sternum rubbed him. I mean, it, we did everything we could to try to get any arousal out of him. <laughs> and of course, nothing comes out of it. Um, and where we're at in the county, we utilize air medical quite a bit. So as soon as we see this, we put two helicopters in the air and told them we'd meet them at the rock quarry. Once we get the people in the truck and kind of get them semi-stabilized. Excuse me. So we ended up backboarding C. Collar and both patients pulled them out of it. Uh, the first patient that came out was the passenger. And he actually went with my regular partner and two females into the back of one truck. And while that's going on, my director is at the top of the hill handing me equipment for me to start start an IV. You know, he's giving me the monitor so I can give all the vitals for this patient while he's just stuck in the car. And since I'm doing my like clinical ride time for my paramedic, he kind of gives me free reign to be a medic more or less. Because at this point yeah, in time awesome. in our class, like it's either get off the pot or shit. Like there's no in- right. Uh, Perfect way to train too. Yeah, absolutely. And my my director is actually my old partner. So nice. me and him worked well together, had a good relationship, and he trusted me to do what needed to be done, which is act- exactly what happened. Got the line on the guy. Well, we get him into the truck, finally get him out of the car, and he goes into the second ambulance. And I was like, well, I want to be with my partner just so whenever we get ready to go, I'm with him. Well, I look in their ambulance, and the three of them are back there. It's my partner, which is a paramedic. One of the females is an advanced EMT, and then there's an EMT in the back of the truck. And I'm like, well, there's not really any room for me whatsoever. So I go to the truck behind where my director's standing at and there's an advanced EMT in there and then a EMT in there. So the advanced EMT of that truck is actually in my paramedic class. He's not currently oh, okay. doing his ride time for the fact of he doesn't have a paramedic partner. And me and the director are talking and my director was like, Hey, I'm going to stand here at the back door. I'm not climbing in the truck. There's, there's just too much going on back there. He's like, get back there. Tell me what you got. I'll kind of tell you what we're going to do and we'll go from there. I'm like, all right, cool. So your director is like a supervisor. More or less. Okay. Our supervisors, our supervisors dealing with, you know, talking with fire to make sure air medical understands what we're flying out. And then our director took over the spot as supervisor <clears throat> instead of sitting in the office all day kind of just dealing with paperwork. Right. And uh, so I get in the truck and 
uh, there's, I would say the patient's breathing 40 ish times a minute, unresponsive. And at this point I'm at the guy's feet and the advanced EMT and the EMT are in there and the advanced EMT is looking for another IV. And then the female was actually in an advanced EMT class. So <laughs> she was also trying to look for an IV on the other side to help him out. And I was like, guys, what are you doing? I was like, why, why are we worrying about an IV? I was like, he, he's unresponsive. He's breathing 40, 50 times a minute. Let's get a bag valve mask. Let's, let's try to slow his respiratory rate down. Let's see what his pupils look like. Let's do an assessment. And then we'll go back to doing the medicine side of it. Right. And um, so, of course, they check his pupils. One pupil is completely blown. The other one's constricted. Obviously, he's got some sort of brain injury. Definite, definite, uh, for sure. And I looked at the advance and he's still messing with an IV. And I was like, dude, make it a lot more simple. And I just grabbed the IO gun and drilled the guy into his tibia. Got an IO in him. I, Fuck. And it's all good. He's still unresponsive, doesn't move. So I'm like, yeah, you Jesus. Can't fake that one. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Dude, he's fucked up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And at about this time, the advanced EMT setting up a uh, a bag. Well, I think it was like LR or saline to try to give a guy a fluid bolus because he was hypotensive. He was sitting in like 90 systolic, 80 systolic, and was just gradually declining ever since we got him out of the car. Fuck. And me, while me and him are in the middle of dealing with this IV access, it once again, we've already checked this guy's response to this five, six times at this point. <laughs> me, me and him are focused mm-hmm. on doing this, listening to lung sounds. And when we're listening to lung sounds, one side of his lungs completely gone. Oh, so we're like, okay, cool. We got to decompress them. So we put a decompression needle in. I think we went mid-clavicular instead of mid-axillary because <laughs> we didn't have great access to a side. Well, and while we're doing all this, out of the corner of my ear, I hear a turkey gobble. And a like, turkey, it's, like gobble, 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 like that, like, like somebody uh, making uh, a vocal uh, gobble. Oh, got it. <laughs> okay, so that like a choking. <laughs> no, 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 like a, a blah, 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 like. A uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like a okay, natural so yeah. turkey gobble. Yeah, okay. like someone's making this sound, and <laughs> when I hear it, my first instinct's to look up, and I look at the advanced EMT, which is directly across from me in the truck, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And then we both looked up to the EMT that was at the head of the stretcher, and like in disbelief, I was like, "Did you just fucking gobble in an unresponsive patient?" And this girl, her heart is in the right place. She, she means well by every single means in the world. And she just looked at us and she was like, well, yes, you know, I've, I've heard people do this to check responsiveness from time to time. You just this drilled point, into his fucking shin yeah. and he, he didn't do, he didn't blink. Like you think a turkey got, okay. Well, and the best part is she's like, see, he's responsive to the gobble and then proceeds to do it again. Oh my gosh. And at this point, I can't help but laugh. Like, there, I, I lost every ounce of professionalism, and I'm laughing my ass off in this truck, <laughs> trying to semi get my head back together because I'm like, hey, you just gobbled at an unresponsive guy. <laughs> I mean, I guess the theory is that if even in a coma, he'll find it so funny that she's actually doing that that he'll wake up. Oh like, I guess. Turkey. Yeah, it's turkey season. Um, though- get that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> So we get up to the rock quarry and mind you, the air medical teams we're dealing with, we deal with these people 
on a, a weekly basis, two, three, four, sometimes five times a week or five times a shift, depending on how busy you are. So we have a decent rapport with them. We, we know who's coming. We know the kind of medicine they provide, what they can do. And they also know what to expect out of us. And we get to the rock quarry at this point in time, my actual partner has made his way back to the truck that I was in because his patient was already loaded onto a helicopter and getting flown away. Um, the second helicopter lands, excuse me. And at this time, I want to say once we got to the rock quarry, we ended up having a OPA in the patient's mouth because unfortunately at our service, we don't have like drug assisted innovation or, uh, rapid sequence innovation. So we can't just knock somebody's respiratory drive out and put a tube down the throat. As bad as this guy needed it, we couldn't do it. Uh, so we have the OPA in, we're bagging them. And my partner gets in the truck. And it. I looked at him and I was like, you're not going to fucking believe this. Wait until we get done with this run. And he's like, what are you talking about, man? And then at that time, Air Medical is actually getting into the back of our truck, which the one that got into the back of our truck, she was a nurse. And the one that got into the side of the truck next to us, next to the airway, is the medic. And he looks at us. We give him a report. I give the nurse a report, everything we found, everything we've done. And I left out the gobble part. Well, this girl spoke up. It oh, was no. like, and guys, he's, he's, he's responsive to the gobble. And proceeds to gobble yet again. <laughs> and, and mind you, the people she is doing this in front of, they the one she's been a, she was a paramedic at one point. She was a nurse. She was like a beauty pageant winner. Like this female is beyond intelligent. She's awesome. She's a killer, killer nurse, killer everything. Like she's great at everything she does. And her professionalism, how she kept a straight face, I will never understand. Because my partner at this time looks at me, I start laughing. And then the medic that's actually with the flight team looked at the girl and was like, you know, you're just so pretty. You're doing such a good job. Keep it up. Oh, my I gosh. <laughs> you're an idiot. He gave her the it's a good thing you're pretty you're speech. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, so that's the nicest way of saying you're a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And oh, my gosh, we get we get we get the guy out of the truck. Get him on the air medical stretcher. And at this point, they're walking him towards the helicopter. And me and my partner are standing in the back of the truck. The female is still inside of the truck. And me and my partner are known to kind of dick off at our service. We always make jokes. We always have a good time. We try to make the job less miserable. Um, and the first thing out of this girl's mouth to us is, is I better not see a fucking meme about this. <sighs> and at about, and about this time, my partner is taking a picture of her and putting it on the turkey's face. <laughs> so so she, she caught us red-handed, and we're, we're, we can't help but to laugh. And I mean, at what point did she realize she was ridiculous, though? Like, <laughs> I, I still don't know. That's so I'm not, I'm not going like, to lie. I, when you sent me this, and I read Gobble, and I was like, no fucking way. Dude, I, I am. I have such a dirty fucking mind. <laughs> when you were like, she gobbled him. I was like, she's fucking gobbling his dick. <laughs> so this whole time, I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for her to be like an unresponsive patient. She whips his dick out and puts it in her mouth, and she's like, oh, <laughs> oh man. 
That was the joke I was trying to look for. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, my mind would never have even gone there. A, never have even gone there. Sponsored for Peach's fucking penis in her mouth. <laughs> That's, no. what, that's what I thought he was talking about because he didn't say she gobbled like a turkey. He I don't even need to be here at this point. Him. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll just sit and listen. <laughs> Duck is so, so happy with himself right now. We, oh my god, we, dude! Just imagine. We get back like, to I the station. Oh fuck! And once we get back to the station, I tell that to my director, and my director looked at me. And he's like, "You're fucking with me." I was like, "As much as I would love to say that I'm dicking with you, I I can't. Like this happened." I was like, how do we approach that? Like, don't fucking gobble it. Why are you making animal sounds at patients? Well, um, so I, I like that she she confidently asserted to the ER staff uh, he doesn't he's not responding to the gobble. Like yeah. as if the gobble is a thing. Now I feel like uh, my intuition is telling me that we owe a debt of gratitude to the instructor or training officer or someone in her life that told her um so make sure when you get out there it's a little it's a little trick that this old timers know when they're unresponsive you gobble at them and totally like convinced this girl that that was legit like that was a technique and just did it for the sheer humor that it would create when this happened that's what i envision oh yeah well in that salty motherfucker's like, I bet you that dumbass is gonna fucking gobble like a damn turkey. And on the flip side of that, at this point in time, we have hired a few less than favorable EMTs. Like it it kind of blew my mind that they were able to pass their tests. Um we we're back at the station. It's I think it's a few shifts later. And I'm not with my partner this time, I'm with another female. Uh I think my partner had called in sick that day, or I, I think I actually picked up over time. And we had this guy that he is lucky breathing's halfway passive. Um, it, it, it saved his life every five seconds. Jesus. And he, our supervisor put him with us. Now, mind you, me and this girl are worse than me and my partner. Like when we're together, it's, it's just a comic. It's a comedy show, no matter what. And we're calling her the gobbler. No, no, no. This this is not the gobbler. This oh, is a whole okay. other this, yeah, this is another female that I work with. Um, okay. This guy, like, it's his first time ever really dealing with me. It's his first time ever dealing with this girl. And our supervisor gave him a heads up, like, hey, they might fuck with you a little bit. I don't think he understood the extent of little bit was. Uh, we're walking out to the truck because we had actually gotten called for an unresponsive patient. And I, I was like, hey, man, I was like, I got to ask, how long have you been an EMT? He's like, oh, I just got my numbers a couple months ago. I was like, sweet. So you're up to date with all the new tr- tips and tricks on how to check responsiveness on patients. And he was like, well, yeah, obviously, you, you know, you talk to him. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, hey, I, I want to say it's called gems. It's a big EMS thing. They constantly are doing studies and try to actually help the field progress, which is awesome. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know, Jim's put out a study and it's called the gobbling effect. And this kid is wide eyed. And I like, I feel like he should have known I was fucking with him with the tone that I set it in because of how hard I was laughing at the same time. Um, I was like, yeah, you just, you, you turkey gobble at your patients. He's like, well, how does it check responsiveness? I was like, well, if they laugh at you, they're responsive. 
And he's like, well, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good assumption. So <laughs> we get to where we're going and where we're going, it's kind of like a, like a, a nursing home slash rehab in we're walking in and the nurse is talking to me and my partner and she's giving us a report on what's going on with the patient. And it was, it was a, honestly, there was nothing going on with the guy. We made sure before we even let this kid talk to him just for that chance of something happening. Um, and I was like, Hey man, your job is to go get a good assessment. Me and her are going to stand outside of the room. We're going to watch you. and We're going to talk to the nurse. And this kid walked in and, you know, said his name. He was like, you know, I'm, I'm an EMT for, didn't mean to say the didn't mean to say the name, but it's all right. I'm a heart. You're an EMT, EMT for what? You're just I'm an EMT, EMT for this this county. Yeah, just an EMT uh, for a county. There you go. And as he said it, he was like, it didn't even give a chance to let the guy talk. It was like, and just started gobbling at him like a turkey. <laughs> and this guy's completely <laughs> alert and oriented. Like, looks directly at him, and he's like, "Did you just fucking gobble at me?" And at this point, I'm on the ground of this nursing home crying. Because I can, I can't stand it. Like I'm laughing too hard. And we get the dude in the truck, and I looked at the guy, and I was like, "Did you really think that that was a legitimate thing?" He's like, "Well, yeah. You seem like such a nice dude." I was like, "Man, I I couldn't even keep a straight face talking to you about all this." I, I was like, "How did you? What in your thought process said <laughs> this guy's not fucking with me?" So if he was it, fucking with me, he would be laughing so hard in some weird yeah, reverse yeah. logic. Yeah, and. <laughs> So at this point in time, like the gobble is just a joke at the county. Like every time we get an unresponsive patient, we're like, hey, don't forget the gobble at them. And the girl that actually did the gobble still works there. And every time we say it, instantly pisses her off. It doesn't matter what's going on, how long it's been. Like it <laughs> instantly brings that back up and she, she hates us every day for it. Does uh, it still gobble? <laughs> I, well, I've not worked with her for over a year, but. I can't say it probably hasn't happened at least once. <laughs> God, wow. that's amazing. That's like, hey, you know what really checks responsiveness is you take your finger and you put it up the patient's ass. <laughs> it, it just some of the of things. Of course, been- that would be that. <laughs> I, I no, so I remember the first time, like I saw happened. the sternum rub, right, and then I saw, uh, I saw a firefighter do the eyeball touch, right? Yes, and. I was like, oh, he goes, yeah, sternum rubs, you know, they require pain. But let me tell you, you just pull somebody's eyelid open and go to test their eyeball. And if they're if they're faking it, they will not want their eyeball touched. It's oh, yeah, you know, absolutely not. Um, So that was interesting uh, because the first time the person was unresponsive and I watched him touch the dude's eyeball and it was the weirdest like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm, I think I'll skip that one. I'll let you guys have that. That's that's yours. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's what yeah, I it, like the medical stuff the, the I don't mind being there for it. Um, I used to hate getting roped into helping that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't like that. We, we thankfully, a lot of our cops don't have to do a whole lot. Like, I mean, they beat us on scene, of course. And of course they give the Narcan, but other than that, like they, for the most part, we're able to save them from having to deal with some of the BS that we have to deal with. Um, it, there's been days where they've had to drive the ambulances in and it's not been the most pleasurable of experiences, but their job's not to drive smoothly. Their job's to get there fast. Yeah. I saw one yep. the other day. It was the, the, I thought of it when you said your fire truck was going 85 or your ambulance was going 85 miles an hour. 
guys responding and he comes in and they come in hot and they make the turn, but they don't make the turn. And they put that <laughs> truck up on two wheels. She tries to correct, goes up on the other two wheels and rolls it right in front of a crowd of people. And the next thing you know, the crew that was there to help whatever they were there to take care of is now running over to help them because they just <laughs> crashed their fire truck. It's like, guys, guys, rule number one, get there safely, right? You can't help I, anybody. I if you don't get there safely. Forget the whole, the due regard when it comes to driving code. Like it, oh yeah. The road that we were on is a straight road. You can see up to two miles ahead of you. So we're like, ah, we're straight. Like we're not going to hit nothing. <laughs> there's not any. There's not many roads that turn into it. And you, when they're coming up, there's signs everywhere. So you kind of get that heads up. Yeah, it, exactly. It, I mean, I've seen wrecks happen right in front of me, rolling code to a call yeah. um, with civilian and with police. You know, I've seen a cop get nailed. Um trying to clear an intersection didn't properly clear it bam got nailed and now you have a backup going on plus now an emergency scene with police involved so now it's just like fucking a help call comes out and then i've seen one where we're rolling code to a call to have code three um travel collision and before we even get a chance to come up to the intersection people freaked out and jammed on their brakes and caused a fucking like three car pileup right in front of us we're like fuck yeah and it goes from Eh, this might be a fender bender too. Well, shit. Now we have this many patients, this many reports to write. You know, fire has to deal with all the the oil, all the antifreeze. Where now yeah. it's like police have to sit here and deal with all the wreckers, and it's it's just a constant mess. Yeah, but, it, yeah it's. I've seen. So I've I have, I've been to the hospital to visit a cop who was responding, code three in the rain, and he wrapped his police car around, uh light pole and the wreck was so bad it made the news um la county sheriff lapd and ford all came out to inspect the vehicle because they had no idea how he survived with just a broken leg after this crash because he wrapped the b pillar on the driver's side and the when you look at the picture uh, i'll the police car you can look it up that's a Santa Maria police vehicle crash or police car crash. It's an overhead picture of the vehicle. Uh, the car is bent in almost a 90 degree angle. Like Jesus. it's almost an L shape. Yeah. I'll say we I actually Ford did a similar thing up where I'm at, because I don't know if you guys remember, it might've been almost three or four years ago. Now, one of my best friends was actually involved in Louisville Metro's, big ambulance wreck where the two uh, dump trucks sheared off the entire half side of an ambulance and almost killed both uh, EMTs on the truck and the patient because they were racing down the highway. Wow. Uh, have you seen wow. the ones where uh, I'm, and by the way, I've, I misspoke. It's over a 90 degree angle. I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, the, um, have you guys seen the, uh, uh, what is it? The uh, two, fire trucks that crash into each other in the intersection. They're both rolling code and they're both, they both come to the same intersection and the two fire trucks collide right in front of the, the dash cam of the police car. Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's pretty insane. It's that's yeah. I mean, we started out talking about gobble, 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 but now we're talking about <laughs> driving code three. And I think driving code three is probably more of a, a an important, 
<laughs> topic, but the gobble thing was <laughs> was funnier. Yeah, that, but the hazing that the, the hazing is awesome. Like that's really truly one of the 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 funnest things, and that's you know you build camaraderie and stuff like that. But you know I've seen I've seen it go the wrong way, and so guys well, don't you know don't absolutely. go too far. It, but there's a fine line you got to straddle, especially because in my my department, like I said, we work 24, 48. So you're with that person 33% of their life. So you kind of got to know where that line is and try not to step over it for the simple fact of you don't want to make work hostile. You don't want to get HR involved. You want to keep everything contained where it's good fun for the most part. Right. Absolutely. Right. And uh, gobbling like a turkey is fine, but gobbling someone's knob when they're unconscious is not just for the record. That's too far. <laughs> no. uh, I, so we had a dude, one of the guys, one of the guys I went to the academy with, he, uh, he gets out of the academy and uh, goes to his agency, different agency than me. And um, he told me this story and it was one of those, like it, he wasn't really getting hazed. It was one of those just, those terrible, awful moments that you just wish would never happen and and would go away. He gets out of the gets out of the police car with his FTO. They go into a um, you know liquor store or whatever to get sodas and coffee and stuff. And as he's paying and walking out, his FTO is walking behind him. And goes, "Hey Miller, are you a dead eye?" And he goes, "What?" And they keep walking out and they get in the car and he goes, "Are you a dead eye, Miller?" And he goes. I don't understand what you mean, sir. And he goes, well, are you, are you such a good shot that you only need one bullet in your gun? And he goes, <laughs> no. And he goes, then why do you only have one bullet in your gun? And he looks down and when he was in the car and he had gotten out, somehow the seatbelt had pressed or something in the car had pressed on the magazine release. Oh, and his magazine from his duty weapon had fallen out of his gun and he didn't even notice. Not sure. in like, just didn't even notice well, and and they had to backtrack their their steps and find it. It had fallen out, I think, in the car. But I mean, you can imagine never ever <coughs> the nickname Dead Eye down ever. <laughs> well, I I had a similar experience in a way happened to me. I was my now director. We were partners, and we had made a call for a couple that had a a metal rake go through their foot. We get there and half of the couple's blind, the other half of the couple's deaf. And that sounds like a freaking movie with Gene Wilder and (laughs) Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor did that movie. (laughs) And so we get the lady in the truck and like I'm trying to communicate with her, but she's deaf. She's not really understanding. I'm I'm talking slow, doing all the things we're trained to do. And I was like, man, I'm I'm gonna be a good person for once in my life and try to go above and beyond. And I looked up very basic sign language of what hurts. And as soon as I threw out the sign language and like tried to explain that I'm not good at sign language, her hands started running a mile a minute. And like it, my partner's laughing because he's driving and all he hears me yell is like, I'm yelling, whoa, 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 whoa. I have my hands up. I'm like waving her off to stop. I'm like, I know nothing you just said. So yeah, anytime he yeah. has to talk to me now, he throws up some random sign language and it, always makes me laugh and i've not i'm yet to ever hear the end of it that's like me speaking spanish i speak enough spanish to get through like traffic stops and arrests and stuff like that <laughs> or a casual conversation but i have such a good accent that they think i'm fluent and they start responding back i'm like ah <laughs> slow down <laughs> mi espanol es muy malo 
So <laughs> I didn't even have to speak any Spanish. I just run up to a call and they'd be like speaking Spanish to me. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Trying to be a nice person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And they keep going and I wait for them to stop. And I'm like, okay, I don't speak Spanish. No habla espanol. Like, like, what? And then they start speaking English. I'm like, what the fuck? You and I'm like, yeah. like, why don't you speak Spanish? You look like it. And I'm like, man, I said my partner does. And he's this big country fed white boy. And um, I'm like, he speaks Spanish. And they're like, yep. no. And I'm like, See? I yell at my partner and I'm like, talk to him. And he starts talking to him. They're like, what the fuck? I'm like, his wife's Hispanic. No way. She's See way. Sorry, not Hispanic. She's Mexican. And um, yeah, he, he's not Latinx. In it. No, she's she's Mexican. <laughs> well, she's she's very proud. I, I'm but, sorry, Chuck, that Robbie's story about gobbling didn't live up to your expectations. I, however, found yeah, it hilarious. I was, I was so like thought that that was going. And to, uh, I'm, I'm we more, looked over in the corner and we saw her. I can't I mean, even think. I can't even imagine how you would have thought that's how the story was going to go. No story would go like that. Gobble. Uh, yes. My descriptive words were not the best. Gobble. <laughs> he, she gobbled him. Right. What do you get from that? Gobble, not gobble like a fucking turkey. No, gobble. I was, no, no. I, I want to say when I sent gobble. the email, I was going voice to text, and I didn't proofread. So that's one hundred percent my fault. Man, well, I was like, this is great. Imagine trying to write funny. that. Bro. No, no, you can't. Gave oral, gave oral support to patient. Patient still didn't wake up. Orally copulated no- an yeah. unresponsive fucking patient without their consent, i.e. I attempted to perform mouth to penis <laughs> resuscitation. I, I, I thought it was like my man at home where you have to blow it up from there. I like tried I, to inflate it like a balloon. So, yeah. I mean, but well, think about it. That would bring someone that would bring me back to life. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, 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 shit. I, I, I'm going to, I'm go. not going to lie. Robbie, your story was, your story was awesome. Chuck's, uh, <laughs> Chuck's misinterpretation of your story via email is even better. <laughs> <laughs> legendary oh, damn it. i'm telling the guys i'm telling the guys in locker room i'm telling them that that's exactly where your mind went i'm oh i'm 100 you i got a dirty oh, and you're not up. even gonna be on this week so i'm gonna, I'm gonna, try. Oh, I'm gonna you, try you're not gonna be there to defend yourself we are just gonna but, roast you on us that's bit. because like every time i've had to write like a fucking like john report or like a rape report or like something like that you use the word would, gobble I it's I a would, technical term no, like some of them some sometimes <laughs> you like their bullshit reports and the stories that you have to get out of them like how many times like how what is this what is that <laughs> and some of them just made you fucking laugh to where you're writing you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm fucking writing this right now and you have to be so descriptive with it yeah like oh my god i will i will like, admit fuck. that do, conducting conducting the 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 rape interviews is one of the most uncomfortable like sex crimes interviews oh, is one of the bad. most absolutely uncomfortable things you it's could bad. ever do and then you add to that when you know it's bullshit and but a couple that were humorous. I was like, no yeah. fucking way. Right. But <laughs> yeah. he, he well, put that where? <laughs> so on a more serious note, Robbie, I know you, we always give our guests a chance to dedicate an episode to someone and you do have a dedication. Uh, yeah. One, one of the, uh, one of the SO officers that passed a little over a year ago up here, he was a great guy. I mean, ne- couldn't say anything negative about him. I actually worked with him on the EMS side before he switched over to the SO department up in Louisville. So, very unfortunate situation. And what's he, uh, do, do you want to? Can you share his name in the circumstances? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, so his name's Brandon Shirley. Uh, 
it he was doing off-duty work actually sitting at like a used car lot or something like that i don't remember if it was because people were stealing catalytic converters or what the deal was but he was pretty much executed in his car like two guys came up shot him wow. and it yeah it it was a horrible situation and on the flip side of it i was actually working the night that it happened thankfully it's not in my county so i had nothing to do with it um but i seen him pass me on his way into our trauma center but I had never seen him shot before, obviously. So I couldn't tell it was him until the next day when mm-hmm. it made me that that's who it was. And that's what happened. Wow. That's well, rest easy, brother. We've got it from here. We will dedicate our episode to him. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, this job is dangerous. And that was always one of my biggest fears is, uh, not, not a situation that I could prepare for, you know, somebody just gets, somebody wants to get you. I, I talked to a cop today and he said something that he put it in such a way that I've never heard it put more perfectly. He goes, if somebody wants to kill a cop, the first one is free. Like you're going to get yeah, the first one. Pretty much. And it's, it's such a terrible thing to say, but it, it's absolutely true. Um, so one of these, yeah. you know, yeah. And I, there's so many stories out there that, make me wish we could have um public executions <laughs> again um and these kinds of I things mean, are, are one of them like any i heard somebody say if you have to hand down more than one life sentence to somebody um we don't care if it's symbolic if it's more than one life sentence you need to go you need to go bye bye right and pretty much 100% agree with that so it's uh yeah it's one of those terrible terrible things and we hope one day we can stop doing it but i know that that will never ever take place yeah. So, well, Chuck, why don't you uh, give everybody the lowdown? Well, thank you all today for listening. If you like today's podcast, uh, please go follow us on our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. If you already follow us and like our and share our posts, please share our info. You can also go to the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook and reach all of our socials, our media, and our website. Our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms as well as on our YouTube. If you want to support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Grab some gear. <clears throat> if you want to be featured on our show or you think you have a story you want to share, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. Again, that is booking.warstories at gmail.com and send me your story and I can get you booked. We are looking for law enforcement, corrections officers, dispatchers, fire medics, and veterans. <clears throat> if you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. Also, I would like to extend that invite to also those uh, RNs and doctors who work in a trauma center on the ER, uh, because we know you guys have great stories to share. and We would love to hear those. Thank you all for the support and stay safe. All right. And until Robbie, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you. it. Um, and, and we, we love, I like the humorous ones. Like we do serious ones. We do, you know, all that stuff, uh, but you know, like our lobster claw story, which is graphic, but hilarious. <laughs> yes. I always, I always love, I love the hilarious ones. And, and sometimes you, you medics, you guys have some of the funniest, craziest, cause just the shit that people do is insane but this time it wasn't the patient it was your co-worker and <laughs> so to whoever you are female medic uh we we've dubbed you the gobbler uh for entirely different reasons chuck uh, has an entirely different nickname <laughs> reason for that nickname than i do 
but uh, you can pick which one you like. And Robbie, Robbie said nothing of it. Robbie had nothing to do with it. Don't don't harass him or complain against him. Robbie was completely innocent in yeah. this. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Robbie, again. And uh, until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.